0: As you grill your dogs, roast your marshmallows, and shoot off your fireworks, we've got a fabulous, fun-filled show for you, featuring the pride and joy of Mayfield, Kentucky, Miss Teresa Rossetti Cantrell. Now, this lovely lady has held a number of hats through the years, including former mayor of Mayfield, current executive director of the Annie Gardner Foundation, plus she is the author of a recently published book entitled... Finding Frank. We'll learn all about her background, her book. Heck, we'll even throw a little Mayfield tourism in there, too, so you won't want to miss a nanosecond of Blabbing in the Bluegrass, season three, episode six. And ready or not, here it comes. (laughs) With a fit for every taste, precious time is not to waste. With communities in our midst, such as independence and liberty, no state is more patriotic than the Commonwealth of Kentucky. Further, nobody embraces this patriotism like we do here on Blabbin' in the Bluegrass Exploration and Celebration of all things Kentucky. Happy 4th of July, everybody. I'm Sam Moore, and by way of my hometown of Henderson, KY, we are taking you to Mayfield today, where we will visit with a guest who I know you're gonna instantly fall in love with. Her name is Teresa Rossetti Cantrell, and there's a very good chance you may already be remotely familiar with her, especially if you live in or around Mayfield or Graves County. She has made several appearances on Kentucky Sports Radio with Matt Jones, who at one time referred to her as the meanest mayor in Kentucky. Now, don't worry, they're big buddies now and they really like each other. But they had a very interesting back and forth there for a while, and Teresa's gonna detail that for us here shortly. We're also gonna talk about uh, the highlights of her time as mayor, her two terms as mayor to be exact, of the city of Mayfield. We also have a book to discuss. Of hers that was recently published in fact it was January of 2021 just about six months ago and it's based on her own personal experiences and quite a story if I do say so myself Teresa's also gonna tell us where we should eat and hang out whenever we visit the lovely city of Mayfield and she also offers up some friendly advice for aspiring professionals seeking to follow in her footsteps although we well know there will never be another Teresa Rachetti Cantrell. So don't move a muscle. We'll get to her momentarily. Before then, though, I do want to remind you that I do want to hear from you via email with your questions, comments, suggestions. You know I'm trying to feature festivals this summer and fall, so if you'd like to tell me about a summer or fall festival that maybe I'm not familiar with and have not been made aware of, shoot me that information. It's bluegrassblabbing at gmail.com. B-L-U-E-G-R-A-S-S B-L-A-B-B-I-N at gmail.com and that's not your only option. You can also touch base via the Blabbing in the Bluegrass Facebook page, which I encourage you to like and follow. There you can find each and every one of our previous episodes. You can stay up to date with information as it is presented over the course of the week. Make comments and leave messages. However I hear from you, I just love hearing from you. We also want you to take advantage of Apple, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. You can subscribe and listen to the show via those avenues, too. But before we uh, proceed further, I have yet another Bluegrass Brain Buster, hot off the press and ready for your ears, and uh, we will reveal the answer to this as per usual at the end of the show. Now, Kentucky is home. To the highest bridge, highest railroad bridge that is, over navigable water in the United States. What is the name of this bridge and in which county is it located? Again, Kentucky is home to the highest railroad bridge over navigable water in the United States. Two part question What is the name of this bridge and in which county? In Kentucky, is it located? You brainstorm that, and we will reveal the name of the bridge and the county in which it's located in the program's final segment. Good luck. Sam Moore proudly presents his Commonwealth Crowd Pleaser. Well, today we're privileged to have with us a a very unique lady. I first... Uh, got to know her or hear her voice anyway on Kentucky Sports Radio with Matt Jones a few years ago. And we'll talk more about that as we go along here. But uh, she's quite an interesting person indeed. She's the former mayor of Mayfield. She currently serves as the executive director of the Annie Gardner Foundation. And she recently became a published author, thanks to her fairly new book entitled Finding Frank. So needless to say, she is Worthy of our time, so let's welcome to the Blabbing in the Bluegrass stage, none other than Teresa Reschetti Cantrell. Thank you. Hold
1: the <laughs> applause, hold <laughs> the applause. It's okay, really.
0: Yes, we have a. <laughs> we had to turn some people away. We were so full in here. I'm sure, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we are so pleased that you could take time out of your busy schedule there in Mayfield. Now, just curious, did you go to Mayfield or Graves County Hive?
1: I went to Mayfield. Grace County actually wasn't a thing when I went to school. Oh, they, okay. you know it's a consolidation uh, effort and there were several little, you know, county schools. So you're uh, saying
0: you're saying that ten years ago when you graduated, Grace County was Exactly.
1: Wasn't <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You got
0: it. Well, I you're
1: my favorite podcast host. Oh, look at
0: it. Let's not change it. But uh, anyway, now uh, there's, there's quite a a football tradition between those two schools, needless to say. Um, Yeah,
1: it is. It is. Let's
0: see. How many, how many titles has Mayfield won?
1: I think we've got a a dozen right now. I could, could be wrong on
0: that, but I think we've got an even dozen. So you're probably slightly ahead of Graves County in the title department, don't you think? I think so. But I, yeah. I just
1: have to go on record saying I love Graves County. You know, I was the mayor yeah. of Mayfield, and I had to be very, you know, <laughs> conscious. of I had a lot of support from the county as well, even though they couldn't vote for me. I still appreciated their input and their support. But when it comes down to it, I'm a cardinal.
0: You're dock. a cardinal, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you just can't hold back. But at the same time, you... You know, you can't throw the Graves County Eagles under the bus either. So. No,
1: I love I love those kids. Got got a lot of great great kids. Have actually some some precious family members that are are Graves County Eagles, and
0: oh, I, I certainly okay. wouldn't throw them under a bus. So you got a little family rivalry going on too. Yeah, yeah we really. <laughs> oh, did, yeah. <laughs> that makes it fun though. <laughs> well, uh, well, we're anxious to hear all about uh, your uh, your history and your background and your book. Let's start out here. Um, Teresa, by saying that most people obviously know you as the uh, former mayor of Mayfield or perhaps the executive director of the Annie Gardner Foundation. So why don't you give us an overview of your background and career pursuits prior to serving as Mayfield's mayor?
1: Well, that's uh, an interesting question because I actually spent 30 years in the mayor's office
0: there oh, so it was familiar last, territory.
1: Yeah, the <laughs> last eight of which I was the mayor for two terms. There, but prior to that, well, in that capacity, I was the assistant to the mayor, and I worked under uh, three different administrations and um, just decided, you know, that it was it was kind of my time and, and that type of thing. But even prior to that, I worked for a real estate company, a local real estate company as their uh, secretary and also um, the appraiser's assistant. So I loved doing that, worked for them for like eight years, and then I went straight to uh, the mayor's office from there. So I have a little little real estate in my background. I never got back into it, but I always, I'm, I've always been interested in it. And there
0: you um, go. you got it. You can give advice for uh, aspiring real estate professionals. Yeah, <laughs> I think
1: I, I think I really could. I think I, I know enough, you know, to, to be dangerous. You know. Now, um,
0: <laughs> how many kids do you have? I have two.
1: I have uh, a son, Tyler, who is um, the band director at Elizabethtown High School in Elizabethtown Kentucky oh cool and yeah very musical um, his wife Ashley is um, I don't know her official title but she is one of the uh, counselors um, psychologists for the county school system there and my daughter Michelle uh, Noel is in Columbia, Tennessee, and she is a worship pastor. She leads worship, very musical as well, oh, has cool. a degree in uh, classical voice from uh, Trevecca Nazarene University. Tyler went to UK. Anyway, she is she is there, and she's married to, interestingly enough, she's married to Philip, who uh, is the uh, bass guitarist for Carly Pierce. I don't know if you've heard of Carly Pierce, but oh, she's yeah. kind of a New yeah, up and singer. coming. She's from Kentucky as well. And uh, really making things happening in the country music business. And they're so excited because they've just got to start uh, traveling again. So
0: oh, yeah, uh, he's always <laughs> on the
1: road somewhere.
0: Now, uh, fulfilling the role of mayor in any community requires uh, a great deal of courage and passion. So uh, tell us, Teresa, what it was that inspired you to run for mayor of the city of Mayfield. You'd been in the office forever. We know that. I had. And in (laughs) that
1: position, the mayor's office, the mayor position had always been a part-time position, uh, and had been treated that way. It was either, you know, retirees, um, that took on the position, um, or people who worked in other, uh, at other places. And I just really felt like it really needed the full-time attention of, um, a mayor, you know, to, to really do the things because I was the one that was the, the, the steadfast, the constant in the office. And if anything, I'd been there so long that if any, anybody wanted anything, they usually contacted me. And of course I would, you know, uh, um, out of respect, definitely, you know, run it past the mayor, I didn't make decisions that I shouldn't have made or anything. And, and I appreciated, and I learned a lot from those other mayoral administrations, all of, all of which were, were great uh, administrations. But I just really felt like the citizens of Mayfield uh, needed and deserved a full-time person in that position that treated it like a job, that it was their only job, their only uh, thing of attention. Mm-hmm. And that was that was sort of my impetus, in, in, in addition to the fact that there had never been a female mayor. So I was the first female mayor of the city of Mayfield as well.
0: Oh, that's right. You made a little history on that front. I did. I did.
1: <laughs> I'm, I'll be buried in that historical cemetery out there and they'll tour someday and say this was the first female mayor of Mayfield.
0: <laughs> that's uh one of your biggest claims to fame, if not your biggest. So... Exactly. exactly.
1: <laughs> I'm hoping for a big statue, but I'm, I'm 4'11", so it probably won't be that big.
0: Oh, I think you at least deserve a street there in Mayfield named after you. But You know,
1: that's a great <laughs> idea, Sam. I think that's a great idea.
0: Maybe that'll come <laughs> sooner or later. <laughs> I'll they'll... probably just
1: get a cul-de-sac.
0: <laughs> <Old psych. laughs> that's better than nothing, I guess. Yeah, that's right. Oh mercy. Now uh talk about the most notable and rewarding highlights of your time spent during your two terms as mayor of the mighty city of Oh my Mayfield. gosh.
1: You know, Sam, it was it was just such fun and and I and I, I can't explain and everybody when I say this they're like, Well, why aren't you still there? You know, but I, I loved going to the office. I loved um just just being there I loved the confidence that the people put in me and I loved all that and I love to say that I sure did leave it in a lot better shape when I left them when I got there and that is absolutely no um you know shame on anybody that was before me but it was just sure. because I had the time to do it and and I took the time to do it and um annexation is just an ugly thing for a lot of people but it's a tool that cities have to grow and increasing our boundaries was one of the one of the ways that we could grow and sure. i know that even though during the time that i was still in office i didn't see a lot of that growth but the future will, because we had lots of incentives and things like that for annexation. So um, probably the most uh, annexed land that's ever been annexed during a mayoral term is right now. I, I've got the record. So during my course of time that I was there, even before mayor, I had created some festivals that are ongoing now that we, you know, we now have claim to uh-huh. that are, are, are ours, like glory days for the 4th of July and and uh, I was a part of the uh, Gourd Patch Festival, even though that's a lot of the art guild. I, I was I was a part of that and created a uh, something that I'm still a covering politician. But anyway, um, it, it was called Cartwright Grove. And it's a little uh, Western town that we erected on our um, fairgrounds area, an area of our fairgrounds that was previously wooded. And you can come there and just walk through and... Feel like you're stepping back in time into about the 1880s, and um, we open that from time to time, particularly at Christmas. And I'm going to talk a little bit about another time that we open it in a little bit, but when we get get into the tourism part. But that was that was my that was my baby, and I'm still a part of it there. I have actually one of the uh, uh, the properties out there. The I have a dress shop that a friend of mine and I sponsor, and we're we're always out there when they're open, and we're dressed in our little vintage clothing um when when it's open so that's just a lot of fun
0: yeah during your time as mayor you made a bit of a a name for yourself on kentucky sports radio while speaking with mac jones both on the phone and in person at a few of his remotes so for those who have not yet heard this story poor souls explain what started this playful back and (laughs) forth and uh Talk about your uh, entertaining interaction with Matt and the KSR team.
1: So, I go as the mayor to the Fancy Farm Picnic one year that Matt Jones is actually the MC. Okay. Right. I was uh, there
0: that year too.
1: Oh, were you? I was. Interesting. Yes, Interesting. <laughs> so, I don't know. I, you know, even. It, I didn't get into mayor, the the mayor's uh, office for politics. I just, I'm not really a political person, but now I do get fired up about some things, but I got fired up because I felt like, I just felt like he was rude and, and, you know, and I, I just, but he was funny. You know, when I look back on it, he was just being funny and I didn't realize who he was. And now that I know who he was and I, and I see how he is, you know, he, what he did was very pertinent, you know, on that day. But you know, he was he was making fun of Mitch McConnell. He was making fun of everybody. You know, he was he was being very even evenly distributed, making yeah. making fun of everybody. So that's <laughs> that was my first encounter with him. So I, I had a kind of a sour taste in my mouth, and I remember telling my husband, "He's just oh, you just don't know. He's just funny. He's blah blah." lot you know he's that's just him that's just his personality I thought he did a great job he said you know
0: so, <laughs> you got to know how to take him <laughs> it
1: was a while later that I remember sitting at my desk at the mayor's office and getting this um uh this uh text from actually Gary Hargrove is his name and he said y- you should try to to get on uh Matt Jones's KSR show and of course I didn't try right then because I didn't even know how to do it you know so um, I said something to my husband and maybe even my son. And I said, well, you can go and you can listen to the recorded version. So I heard what he said. Well, then I was really fired up because he said things like he went to the fancy farm picnic and, you know, there was a sign for Mayfield that said, don't come here. We're weird. And it was, it was all during a conversation about the, the Mayfield high school Cardinals and, you know, our crazy, you know, record just being very derogatory sure uh, toward which is his way you know to, to do it I have I have come to love Matt Jones so I'm not, oh, I know. You know I'm not against Matt Jones so, no 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 um, so I had the opportunity one time to get to Um, I listened to his show oh I wrote him a letter I wrote him a, I wrote him a, a, a letter
0: you wrote and him just a letter him what oh. I
1: thought I didn't appreciate it and he needed to blah 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 you needed to come down here and I would show him you know that we're much more than than what he had so um uh, then I called in the show I really can't remember how that how that happened if if they said you know you need to call in the show or if I heard them uh, somebody also called me and said they're talking about you again you probably need to get on the show but anyway when I called I had no problems getting on the show when I told them who I was like they were calling me when they read my letter I can remember um who's the guy
0: Ron Lehman Uh,
1: Ryan. Yeah, I can remember Ryan saying, uh calling me machete instead of Rossetti, something like that. Yeah he did. And so um so I called in and I said, This is Teresa Rossetti, catch. So they let me on and so I just, you know, kinda went through that that whole thing of you know, I'm gonna uh I want you to, you know, come and whatever and you know, we just had a little little back and forth. So then uh it, from time to time and my son was just like i cannot believe all this time i've tried to make comments and get on ksr and i've never gotten on and my mom who didn't even know who matt jones is who <laughs> doesn't follow kentucky basketball who doesn't care for sports hardly at all she gets on matt jones's show i just can't believe that you know he said all yeah. my friends are talking about it blah, blah,
0: blah. <laughs> you got straight so, on didn't you
1: <laughs> um, yeah yeah so during uh Um, the course of my um, tenure as mayor I had an opportunity to to travel a lot with the Kentucky League of Cities actually my last year that I was uh, was mayor I I had the privilege of being the president of that organization but uh, we were in um, Lexington at one time and we found out that he was really close by to where we were staying and so I had just I called him and I said I want to be on your show I want to I'm gonna be there it was like a comedy club or something and he was very hesitant you know I can remember him I said look I'm gonna have a gift basket I'm just gonna have some things for you you know blah 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 blah. and and so he agreed to it and I thought all along he's not gonna ever let me on that show, you know. So I show up, my husband shows up, and I have this basket, and I just had this, you know, prepared thing, you know, to say. And you can actually see that. My husband uh, videotaped it, and he put it on YouTube. And you can do a search for Mayor Teresa Rochetti Cantrell and KS KSR, and see that. Uh, oh yeah. Uh-huh. If you haven't seen it, I don't know if you have or not, but. Um, but I started out when he finally said, "Okay, you're going to be next after this." You know, so I go with my basket of goodies and I stand over to the side like he tells me to do, and I put on this pair of alien eyes that are like it's a headband. It's got alien eyes on springs sticking up. But well, he's looking at me like, "What have I done? Why have I put this person on here?" But anyway. The rest is history, and that I, I went from being the meanest mayor in Kentucky to being the funniest mayor in Kentucky, so I made a friend in him, and it didn't start out that way. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, that's priceless! That's priceless. Now, um, earlier this year, you were named Businesswoman of the Year at a women in business luncheon hosted by the Mayfield Graves County Chamber of Commerce. So, uh Tell us a little bit about the Honorable Award, if you would, Teresa, and describe how you earned this commendable title. Well, I'm not quite sure how I earned it, but... Um, <laughs> it wasn't luck. It, actually, it wasn't luck.
1: <laughs> no, it was scheduled to have happened in 2020. And of course, we know that nothing happened in 2020. So no. evidently, my husband knew about this in 2020, and he's had to keep it a secret you know, for over a year. And I can remember commenting, our chamber director actually uh, stepped down and re- resigned to to go into business for herself. And I just jokingly said to Mike, I said, now I'll never know if I got woman of the year, you know, and, you know, just, you know, joking about that. And he said he was so close to telling me then because he thought it was never gonna happen, but it did happen and it was great. It was a big surprise. My daughter was there and my son-in-law and my husband who I thought was at work, um, but it was, it was very special, uh, very special award. You know, um, during my uh, my uh, stint as mayor, I was very involved in the chamber and and uh, worked with several chamber directors and um, you know on their ambassador program and and then you know later as the mayor and just um, you know always been a, a big supporter of that networking idea of the chamber and was very honored that they chose to honor me with that award.
0: Oh, I can imagine. Is that the is that the first businesswoman of the year award that they had given out?
1: No, 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 no. It it's I think this is about the fourth or fifth year that they've done that at their Women in Business luncheon that they had uh, uh, that they've had every year in the
0: spring. I got you. I'll, although after this year, they may not give out another one because you know nobody can talk Teresa Rachedi Cantrell. But
1: oh, please! I don't <laughs> know about that. <laughs>
0: But that, you're, you're too kind. <laughs> that is quite quite an honor, to say the least. Now, uh, some of our listeners may not know, Teresa, because you are also quite a singer, and uh, your kids came by that honest, needless to say. Now, how exactly <laughs> did you discover your singing talent, and uh, what are some of the events and venues at which you've performed?
1: Oh, I've just... I feel like I've been singing since I was a little girl in church, mostly, and um, had a a piano teacher that, you know, encouraged me, and and I can remember singing, like, as young as, you know, six or seven years old in church, and um, just just always sang. I never pursued it, you know, really professionally. I did do a lot of weddings and stuff, and it was great income, Uh, singing a lot of funerals. I like those best, because not as many complaints, and um, (laughs) funeral homes in town call me call me quite frequently to play i also play the piano i'm, I'm the pianist at my church and oh, cool. um so i don't know i've just always always been musically inclined and and have loved loved music and um i don't know i to, to say when did i discover music i just my mom was musical she came from a musical family um we just we just always have done that
0: you were a young pub when you uh, <laughs> realized you could sing.
1: I was. You asked about some of the, some of the, some of the, some of the favorite places that I've sung at. I actually got to open um, the, um, the House of Representatives at Frankfurt with my Kentucky home before, while I was mayor. I oh yeah, that. I actually
0: saw a YouTube video of that, uh,
1: when, Oh, did you? Yeah, I was then, great. And uh, then when I was when I, when I was born in as president of the Kentucky League of Cities, I sang a song, which which was a first. That was no one had ever done that before, and that was a lot of fun. So.
0: Oh, cool! Yeah, now, what song did you sing? The the, what song did you sing for the uh, Kentucky League of Cities?
1: I sang a song called "In This Life," and it says, "In this life, I was loved by you." Oh, the Colin Wright. Stops... Colin Wright. very good.
0: Yeah, that's... <laughs> Yeah, that's 90's... a great song.
1: That's, that's what i sang.
0: Nineties country is right in my wheelhouse. So (laughs) since stepping aside from uh, the mayoral chair, you've been executive director of the uh, Annie Gardner Foundation there in Mayfield. So Teresa, why don't you explain the mission of this organization and uh, the important services it provides?
1: Well, the Annie Gardner Foundation is very unique. Um, It is it is unique to Mayfield and Grace County uh, in that it is only uh, its services are only available for Mayfield and Grace Countyans and it is set up that way when anybody asks for assistance. One of the things we have to to do before um, opening um, an account for them is they have to prove that they've lived in Mayfield and Grace County for five years. So it was it was intended, you know, not for transients, but it was intended for Mayfield and Grace Countyans. We're actually celebrating our 80th year this year. So we've been doing a lot of things throughout the year to uh, remember the gardeners, Ed and and Annie Gardner, who uh, left this wonderful treasure to the citizens of Mayfield and Grace County. Citizens of Mayfield can come and shop once a month. And we have like home decor, we have baby things uh, where people just, you know, that don't have the money to go and buy and do stuff they can come here and usually, you know, find some nice things. So that's a, that's a real blessing. Uh, we also uh, assist people with utility bills, maybe house payments, maybe they're, you know, going through a rough patch, uh, mortgage payments, rent payments have an interest free student loan program for Mayfield and Graves County. And it's very popular. And, um, that's what we do. And, um, that's what we'll continue to do we're, we're, we're very you know it's it's one of those when someone says you work for a nonprofit that they work for a nonprofit It usually involves fundraising we do not have to fundraise we were left uh, very well endowed uh, to do the mission of the Annie Gardner Foundation
0: a lot of need and uh, valuable services there needless to say now um, generous donors and volunteers are vital to the success <laughs> of uh, any nonprofit organization so tell us how we can give of our time and resources to the Annie Gardner Foundation and its worthy cause?
1: Well that's that's always an interesting question and it's a question that I answer with probably an answer that most nonprofits <laughs> would not give, and um, without you know disclosing a lot of information we we do have people leave us money the The best thing that people can do for us is contribute to our clothing bank and contribute to uh, you know those type of things if they have things around the house we want to get rid of we have books, we have magazines, we have um, I'll just a lot of things like that that um, the people can you know come in and get you, you know we serve people that um, you know, they may not even have sheets for their bed, you know, they may not even have a bed. So it's, it's, you know, to, to, to say, you know, to say, we don't need your money. I hate to say that because people have given us money. And even, even though we've said, we don't need your money, you know, do, do those type of things. But, um, yeah it's 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 like um we're, we're very well endowed to to operate the way that we are but what we depend on for our clothing bank are donations so um we really don't um use a lot of volunteers sometimes in the summer some kids will want you know some volunteer hours and stuff like that of course you know covid has thrown us off track with that oh, no um, doubt. yeah and we will you know let them work with that, but with that we were we had to close our clothing bank for so many months, and we're just still kind of getting getting caught up and getting back in the swing of things um with all you know the new um less stringent requirements uh that we have uh, mandated you know by the governor's office and 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 that type of thing so um, yeah the best thing you can do for the Andy garden foundation is to bring us bring us your junk another your man's junk. treasure we nice stuff. yeah we want nice stuff
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah nice stuff make sure it's presentable they're not going to turn your money down but the clothing bank is <laughs> is where the demand is so. right
1: don't don't go through your grandma's attic and bring us all of her old stuff things that she wore you know back in you know the 1900s we don't need those but we need clothes that kids can come in we do we also do a school a school clothing program where we outfit it's about 100, 180 to 190 kids um that are our clients that are on on the program and there's some there's some things they have to follow through with uh to be on the program but we're getting ready to to be headfirst in that to to get the kids ready for for school
0: Well, that's neat, and it's also cool that there are also people in Mayfield and Graves County, so. Yeah. Yeah, that's, (laughs) it's going to a a local cause and local families, that's awesome. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, um, in January of this year, you became a published author thanks to your marvelous masterpiece entitled Finding Frank. Now, for those not familiar, Teresa, explain the fascinating story which served as the inspiration behind this book. Oh my gosh. That's, you, you
1: know, when, when I die and I look back on my life and think of just like pivotal life-changing moments. I mean, I've got a lot of them, you know, just I've got a lot of them, mm-hmm. but man, hands down, this one, this one has to be up there in the top five. <laughs> oh, no doubt. But, if not number um, one. I found out that, um, uh, my my dad that raised me was not my my biological father when I was about 12 years old, and I found that out accidentally. And I'm I'm not going to give away all the details of the book.
0: But, no, um, no, no, like your spoilers.
1: A, <laughs> yeah, and then it was a secret between my mother and I, and uh, because she didn't want her, she kind of a rocky relationship, and she let's just say my my mother and father that raised me were married and divorced three times, so. Um, There was, yeah. So there was, you know, there were some issues you know, a lot of issues, but anyway, so I found that out, you know, and then it was our secret. I never, when I got 21, I decided I was going to, you know, look for him. And uh, my methods of looking for him were, were quite interesting. And I, again, I won't go into that, but I remember going to my mom, just saying, you know, you know, I've tried and tried, blah, blah, blah. Do you have any, any other, and then that she told me that she, a friend of hers had told her that he was dead so I knew his name, you know, I knew, I knew who he was. And, and, uh, I had seen a picture of him because she kept this little box that, you know, had slides of him. Sure. And I uh, when when I was 21, she gave that box to me. So it became my treasure and I would, you know, my gosh, I'd pull it out. You know, I can just remember after I had, you know, had my, my son, I would pull that out and think, Oh gosh, does he look like him? You know, blah, blah, blah. But I never questioned that he was not, you know, not living. And then, um, fast forward to 2012 and my mom was beginning to suffer from dementia and Alzheimer's. Um, and she kept, I mean, he was just like the focus of of her thoughts. And, um, she said several things that made me think, um, I needed to possibly just see if I had any brothers or sisters out there, you know, and in the course of looking for brothers and sisters, I found him and he had never had any other children. I was his only child. Um, I was able to, I prayed to, to God to give me five years, you know, with him to let me, um, have the time to learn to love him and him to love me and, and my kids. And, and he was very receptive to that. You know, that doesn't always happen in situations like this. And I've, talked with a lot of people that it's lots of sad stories but um it it did for me and I cannot think of of a better gift you know for a 51 year old woman to to find her biological father you know my my dad that raised me was comfortable with it he was happy for me I mean it all it all just worked out and I actually had him for for almost eight years and uh he passed away in in uh
0: during 2020
1: my dad that raised me Passed away in 2014, and my biological father, uh, Daddy Frank, died in uh, 2020.
0: You just made me think of a Merle Haggard song.
1: <laughs> well, you know that's in the book. That that was the whole thing. That was that was what I listened to when I realized that he could possibly still be alive, and and I couldn't I couldn't get him on the phone because he was in the hospital. He was nearly dead, um, and you know it, it's crazy, but that is the song that's I mean, so that awesome song and that's so when i when i did find him and got to talk to him i said i asked him if he had heard that song and he said yeah and i said well that's what i would like to call you you know because I, i've always called daddy daddy and i'm gonna call you daddy frank
0: and <laughs> so
1: yeah daddy frank played the guitar <laughs> and the french harp
0: <laughs> that's him and yep. what a what a great story isn't it uh ironic a lot of blessings come in such mysterious ways like you were looking for siblings and that's when you yeah found- yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, there's a whole lot of details in there that you need to, to check the book out and, and, and read because it's just an amazing story. And it is just the hand of God in, in the whole thing because sure. I had no idea, no idea how it would turn out. Right. And I can't imagine that it would have turned out any better.
0: So no no more major spoilers here, but how long did it take you to write the book? Just curious.
1: Well, I, was, I, I had started blogging about it while I was looking for him Uh and I kind of got quite a following and I thought, okay, um, this might be book worthy. Everybody said, you know, man, you need to write a book. You need to write a book. This would be great. So actually I had all those blog posts already done
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and, um, I had, I had put them, you know, in a, in a form that I, I presented to him at one point and I wanted him to read it, um, and see that he approved. And he had asked me, you know, he said, I love it. I love it. But, I would respectfully ask you not to publish it until I'm gone. And he just felt like there were a lot of people in his past that wouldn't understand why he didn't, you know, he did look for me and, and, um, didn't, you know, he didn't know my mom's last name. He didn't, there were, there were just a lot of things, um, that kept him from finding me. But, um, he said he, he always knew he, he always knew he always felt like, uh, he would find me, uh, or, or I would find him. But, um, yeah.
0: Teresa, what would you say is the, the primary lesson or message that uh, you're striving to convey to readers as part of your book?
1: Well, that just, <sighs> <That's, laughs> It's hard to put it in words, a really isn't good it? question. I love, I have a little, I have a little sign here on my desk that's a Walt Disney quote that says it's uh, kind of fun to do the impossible. And honestly, <laughs> it, 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 that seemed to me like an impossibility and that all things are possible. I mean, all things are possible and that's scriptural. And don't, you know, don't think that if, you know, whatever dream that you have, um, whether it's finding a biological parent or whether it's whatever, don't, don't give up on that dream because all things are possible.
0: Remember that old Joe Nichols song, unsinkable ships sink, unbreakable walls break. You know, I don't,
1: I don't know that song.
0: That was Joe Nichols back uh, when I was in high school, so you might have well, to go back. Well, Joe and...
1: Nichols—that's funny because we actually ran into him at Disney one time.
0: <laughs> also, you've met the man.
1: <laughs> I did, but I didn't know—I didn't know his music. But my kids were like, "That's Joe Nichols mom." I was like, "Oh, they had their picture taken with him."
0: <laughs> there you go. See, we're gonna... uh, Teresa doesn't know it yet, folks, but she's going to be our guest in a few weeks. We're going to interview her about all the celebrities she's met. <laughs> I know. That's that's a whole other discussion for another show. A whole but, uh, other show. But anyway, uh, fill us in if you would, Teresa, on the outlets and avenues which may be used to purchase a copy of Finding Frank, because I'm sure all of our listeners are chomping at the at the bit to get a copy.
1: Yeah. So um, you can go to um, you can go to my, You can find me on Facebook. I can just mail you. That's probably the best way. It's still it's available on Amazon. Uh and if you'll just do uh Finding Frank and then Teresa Rochetti Cantrell, uh, or just make sure it's Teresa. I think there's another Finding Frank on there, and I'm not I'm not sure if it's a book or or what, but uh just make sure it's the one that says it's got my name on it. Um I also have a website that's called finding frank book.com uh that you can order from that website. Um, or you can just find me on Facebook, Teresa L. Rochetti Cantrell, and I'd be happy to just ship you one and sign it
0: myself. Oh, an autographed copy of Teresa That's right. Cantrell's book. That's right. You can't beat that. And um, you can also email. I love your email address. You mind if I give out your email address? No, I don't. Sings at Yahoo.com. T-E-R-E-S-A-S-I-N-G-S at Yahoo.com. That's so appropriate. Did they get a copy of you singing My Old Kentucky Home when you sent them the book? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can't have it all, can we? Nah, nah. <laughs> anyway, well, we'll settle for the book and, and an autographed copy of the book at that. There you so. go. I'd love to do that. Love to do <laughs> you that. can't complain. All right, Teresa. Now, here's your chance to tout the wonderful community of Mayfield. Being a former mayor, lived there all your life. You're more than, in fact, you're about the best person I know to do so. So. <laughs> although some falsely believe it is too far off the beaten path and nothing much is there we're not going to name
1: any names
0: yeah we won't name any names <laughs> but explain why it is well worth our time and gas to visit mayfield and experience all that it has to offer
1: you know we don't we don't have a river and we don't have a beach and we don't have there so we we have had to uh, really look inside ourselves to develop uh, the community that we are um, and I've always said it's it's our people that that make us the community that we are but it's those people that have worked together whether they be in business or whatever to create uh, things and and um, of course I think we're probably most notably famous for uh, the Famous Farm Picnic in Kentucky, or maybe even even more far reached than that. It's always the first yeah. Saturday in uh, August.
0: That'll and be here before we know it. It
1: it will be, and um, that's if you haven't been been to that. Like back in the eighties, it was it was in the Guinness Book of World Record, Records as the world's largest picnic. And yeah. I don't know that it still holds that title, but we just keep saying that anyway. <laughs> it sounds good.
0: And, yeah, um, nobody's gonna dispute of-
1: <laughs> it that little town just comes alive and I mean everybody in Fancy Farm is involved in that picnic in some way or the other and um we have this other very interesting you know the Ed and Annie Gardner story in that mansion is something to see I've done tours of that um uh since I've been here at the Annie Gardner Foundation and uh you can see that and um you can also uh see the Woolridge Monuments which uh, there have been there's been a lot of um uh, national attention to it's been on a lot a lot of uh, special programs it's called the procession that never moves I used to think that was the city council when I was mayor <laughs> anyway um, moves, anyway, no <laughs> you know we
0: pick on those we love and not what they say I know
1: and they 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 love me and they they did anyway so it's <laughs> But yeah, so you know, one of the things that I think is so cool, and we we kind of started, you know, going toward this when when I was mayor, and and now uh, it's it's really developing. There's a new tourism director, and and there's a there's a committee that I'm on that I've not attended a meeting of because I just don't do meetings anymore, you know. But You're anyway, too busy doing these podcasts,
0: I am, I
1: am, and they're so much more fun. And, <laughs> um, but you know, think about it: we're Graves County, exactly. Graves Isn't that great? We're graves. Graves.
0: uh, Yeah, there's graves in graves, isn't there?
1: (laughs) So, we have, you know, because one of our notable, most notable uh, things to visit is a grave of this, you know, Woolridge (laughs) Monuments that's a bunch of monuments uh, for Henry uh, of Henry Woolridge's family. He's the only one buried there. So, we have taken um, that that graves um, idea and we have, like, chosen the month of october to really um i guess show show our colors and we're we're calling it haunted graves county and there's just a lot of things coming up
0: haunted a lot of things were already going county.
1: on yeah Haunted Graves. i mentioned the little western town uh we turned that into a haunted town and my dress shop turns into a witch's hat shop, and my, my, mm. my partner and I, we're, we're in witches witch's costumes and we just have a lot of fun, and it's, it's a lot of, yeah, yeah, but I'm, I'm looking, I had asked the tourism director to send me some things, because, you know, I didn't go to that meeting, right. and um, <laughs> she, I'm just, I told her, I said, I am just like, so excited about this because there's so much uh thing so many things going on like the the local uh community performing arts center is doing a production of clue i mean you know a mystery clue you know isn't that fun you know (laughs) is it colonel mustard or something i don't know and then um the second weekend there's a big vendor and craft show that's going on uh at the grace county Get this scare grounds.
0: The scare grounds. Uh, yeah, isn't that
1: great? I, <laughs> I love I it. With, I didn't come up with that. I wish I had. I love it. I would have guessed it, you
0: did. Yeah, I
1: didn't. <laughs> and um, you know, there's a lot of things going on. There's so many groups have gotten involved. The library's gotten involved, the city's gotten involved, the county's gotten involved. Um, there's going to be um a glowing graves lighted halloween parade um and you can see all of this you can get this information by going to make a grace county tourism's uh facebook page um there's going to be pumpkins in the park there's going to be a a cruise in uh with with uh vintage and and classic cars and they're going to be trunk or treating uh from that um
0: see i don't know so from costumes to classic cars and everything in between (laughs)
1: we got a big corn maze here amazing farms corn maze there's an industrial slaughterhouse here i don't get into that gory stuff but anyway (laughs) different strokes for uh, different folks yeah the industrialslaughterhouse.com and then talon falls Scream Park is here. Our, our local uh, cinema, Little Princess Cinema, is, is doing scary movies through the month of October. So everybody is jumping into this Graves County um, promotion, and I think it's just going to be a
0: lot of fun. It's going to be great.
1: It's going to be great.
0: Absolutely. Not to mention that Graves County is also a great place in the fall to watch high school football game.
1: It really is. And I, ju- I learned something today that we, are li- we have four different places, talking about what, what we're famous for, honestly, you cannot get better barbecue than in Grace County.
0: Did you know that? <laughs> well, you can't. Uh, there's I there's know. people out there that'll beg the difference with you, but, know. you know. <laughs> you've got to be nice. But, but anyway. I, did, I, I did like the Graves County Barbecue. I had the Fancy Farm Picnic a few years ago.
1: Yeah, and that's one of them. That's one mm-hmm. of them. Um, but we're listed on Kentucky's West Kentucky Barbecue Trail. We have four listings on on that barbecue trail, one ah. of which is the Fancy Farm Picnic. So that's pretty impressive.
0: Absolutely. Now, now, what are the other great barbecue places down there?
1: Um, I think it's, uh, oh, I knew you were going to ask me that. I didn't write A and B. Cars and Barn, and, oh, Hoskins, Hoskins, Hoskins
0: okay, Hoskins, so, mm-hmm. so A and B, yep. Hoskins, and then the barn,
1: we'll just- and you know what, if you came to Mayfield and Grace County right now, you'd be so impressed, because when you drive through our downtown, our streets are lined with American flags, and I started, I started that when I was mayor, and I'm so glad that the, the new mayor has kept up that tradition, Uh, We have a park in town that we that is on one of our major thoroughfares coming in and out of the city, and it's just lined with those red, white, and blue flags. And it's just we do it, you know, for the Fourth of July. We do it at Veterans Day, and it's just so impressive. It's just just makes you want to stop and put your hand over your
0: heart. So they're ready for the fourth. In fact, you folks in Mayfield are pretty patriotic year-round in my opinion. So we are. But the, we are. <laughs> but it especially comes out <laughs> yes. on the Fourth of July. So <laughs> yes. Yeah, so besides barbecue, where else should we eat while we're perusing Mayfield?
1: Oh listen, Majestic uh, family steakhouse is right here across from Annie Gardner Foundation. Majestic. They have the best greek salad now some mm. people will tell you it's it's where you can get the best pizza of course you know they have that handmade hand-tossed pizza dough and and everything and it's just it's a it's a great 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 place to eat we have cafe al latte which is a locally run uh little, little little cafe that has lots of interesting coffee drinks and uh lots of wonderful baked uh, uh home-baked goods car steakhouse Man, we got some—we got some good uh, Mexican restaurants too. Los Pinos. There you go. Mm-mm-mm. So
0: <laughs> No matter what you're in the mood for, <laughs> I'm telling you, you're gonna find we it in it. Mayfield. So you need to visit the Graves it. County Tourism Facebook page to find out more. We know—we
1: know how to eat i'm
0: just telling you <laughs> hey if, <laughs> if they don't know how to eat then uh they ain't worth visiting but you won't have to worry that's about right. that in mayfield and <laughs> in graves county that's for sure well that's uh right. Teresa, you've been great now uh one final question before we let you uh Venture on to your next podcast. Uh, based yeah. on based on your background and experience, uh, what advice would you offer to aspiring professionals who are perhaps seeking to become the next Teresa Rachetti Cantrell? Now, there'll never Man. be another Teresa Rachetti Cantrell. Wow. But, what a
1: question, what a question,
0: <laughs> but for those trying to see how close they can get to becoming the next Tracer of Shetty Cantrell, what would you tell them, dear?
1: I would just say, you know, don't limit yourself, just if, if you want to do something, do it, you know, just reach out, if, if, if you fail, you fail, I mean, I, there are a lot of things I've tried to do that I didn't, didn't do correctly and failed at, and, and, um, but, that's just experience, you know, for, for the next journey. So for the next part of the journey, but, um, you know, just if you want to do something, try it, you know, and, and, and even if it's for a season, you know, it's, it's a part of who you are. So,
0: um,
1: I've just loved that.
0: I'm trying to think how the old saying goes, nobody who succeeded, uh, didn't fail something like that. That's (laughs) right.
1: right. At some point. At some point in time,
0: check out her book, Finding Frank. It's real easy to get. Email her Facebook, her look on Amazon. It's uh, very accessible, to say the least. And, uh, Teresa, uh, let's not let this be our last conversation. If you're for it, we'll Absolutely. have you all here again. <laughs>
1: i would i would love that sam i appreciate
0: you reaching out to me yeah in fact we already promised you we're going to talk about all the famous folks you met on the next round
1: okay so i'll start making a
0: list yeah, you start making a list and don't leave anybody out when we get to you okay <laughs> all right well thanks so much Teresa. said uh, we'll visit again sometime okay thank you you know how sometimes i speak of those people who are so entertaining they could almost make the phone book sound good well, Teresa is most certainly one of those people. And there's an awful lot we can learn from a person like Miss Rachetti Cantrell. She is a perfect example of somebody who's never been afraid to broaden her horizons, exit her comfort zone, try new things, And for everything in life that maybe didn't go the way she planned, well, nobody remembers them, I beg because she's had so many successes and triumphs through the years. And I think it's so cool, the story behind her book, and it's great that she was able to finally figure out where exactly her biological father was and develop a relationship with him in his later years. And it just goes to show that anything is possible if you believe and you put forth the effort. And if you listen to Merle Haggard, (laughs) hearing Daddy Frank never hurt nobody either. But anyway, I will link you to a page in my show notes where you can snag a copy of Teresa's book. You can also email her, like we said. Don't forget that. Her email, once again, is TeresaSings at Yahoo.com, T-E-R-E-S-A-S-I-N-G-S at Yahoo.com, plus You can Facebook her and order a copy that way. Absolutely no excuse. No excuse for you not to get your hands on a copy of this one-of-a-kind, well-written masterpiece. And I tell you, you also owe it to yourself to get on YouTube and hear Teresa sing My Old Kentucky Home. It'll give you chills. You're going to love what you hear. I guarantee it. And it was quite generous of Teresa Reschetti Cantrell to join me for the show today. I hope that she enjoyed visiting with me as much as I enjoyed visiting with her. Now, we're going to have more big fun next week. And I want you back here for it. Or it won't be as much big fun. But, before we close things for today, I had the long-awaited Bluegrass Brain Buster answer. And as a refresher, at the beginning of the show, we learned that Kentucky is home to the highest railroad bridge over navigable water in the United States. And your question was a two-parter. You were to name the bridge and also identify the Kentucky County in which it is located. Now your part one answer, it is appropriately named the High Bridge. Yep, the High Bridge, it sits over the mighty Kentucky River. And in which county is it located? Jessamine County. Jessamine County, just a little bit southwest of Wilmore, not far from Nicholasville either. The high bridge over top the Kentucky River is the highest railroad bridge over navigable water in the United States, and it was finished in 1877. A more recent bridge was built around the existing structure in the early 1900s. But anyway, it is 275 feet tall and 1,125 feet long, so no slouch there. In Jessamine County, and there's your Bluegrass Brain Buster. We'll have another one this week. Hey, if you have a suggestion for a Bluegrass Brain Buster, anything else you got on your mind for that matter, send it my way. It's bluegrassblabbing at gmail.com. Also make comments or leave messages via the Blabbing in the Bluegrass Facebook page, where you can also enjoy previous episodes. I encourage you to like and follow the page, and come on back next week. Folks, have a very enjoyable Independence Day. Celebrate heavily, but please, please celebrate safely as you laugh, smile, and blab in the bluegrass. Because we're blabbing blabbing, blabbing in in the the bluegrass. With a fit for every taste, precious time is not to waste.